it's that time again. Time again for Wyoming Cowboy Roundtable. The 2019 edition. The first show. We got a good show for you today. We've got Jim Anest, Ian McMacken, Kevin McKinney from the University of Wyoming is going to show up. And we're going to talk to Cody Tucker of 720 or 702020 Sports. So without further ado, here's our guest. All right, all right. There's the uh, the in-house virtual audience. Gentlemen, welcome to 2019. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. It's good to be back here for the new edition of your podcast. And I tell you what, the excitement and enthusiasm looking forward to Saturday is just not going to get here fast enough. Oh, yeah. And Ian, how about you? You're also down there in Denver, aren't you? I am. Uh, it's an exciting time of the year, right before football season starts. And it's really hard to believe we're less than 48 hours away from kickoff. But this is uh, one of my favorite times of the year is right now with all the anticipation of the new season coming up and all the football games are going to be on the slate. Yeah, this is uh, going to be quite the um, quite the year. I mean, the Cowboys are starting off with a big one. They're going to bring an SEC opponent, Missouri, in, then going to go to Texas State. And, um, well, I didn't bring my schedule with me, uh, the rest of it, but we'll discuss that a little bit later. Uh, we're also going to... Um, uh, talk to Kevin here in a few minutes uh, about what's going on and uh, his take on the thing. And then after that, uh, Cody Tucker from uh, 7020 or 7220 Sports. Uh, he is a Wyoming native, uh, a sports journalist who's uh, come back to Wyoming and cover the Cowboys, and he's doing a fantastic job. And uh, we'll We'll discuss other things that are happening around the world as far as cowboy sports goes. Uh, let's uh, let's start off with you, Ian. Uh, what's your uh, what's your feelings about the starting of the twenty nineteen season? Well, I think with the quarterback uh, situation, I think it's in a lot better shape than it was a year ago at this time. So I think being that the quarterback position is a very important part of success, and we got to watch. Sean Chambers played some games last year and really could see maybe he is an it factor type quarterback. He's had an off season uh, to continue to improve, learn the playbook. Uh, I, so I'm coming in this season, even with maybe a little bit more optimism than I normally would. Um, of course, a season's always garner the injury situation. Are we going to stay healthy enough to get, you know, without key injuries, those type of things. But going into this season, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the Cowboys' chances to be have a pretty good season. Jim, how about you? What uh, what's your feelings as we get into the uh, season here? Well, you know, I share the same type of optimism that Ian just mentioned. I like our offense. I think it's um, it's a lot more seasoned and, and veteran than what we had last year, and it all comes down to the quarterback. I I think that Sean Chambers is, is going to be the real deal. Um, I like our running backs. Uh, we have, you know, senior level wide receivers now, and we have a good tight end group. I wish we had a little more depth on the offensive line, but the players that we do have there, I think they're, they're they've been tested. And um, so overall, I like our offense. Uh, defense, uh, I don't know that we're going to be as strong as we've been the last couple of years, but I think it's going to be a good group of uh, players, so I'm optimistic for this Cowboy season. All right, uh, we come to a very special part of our show. We've got our first ever call-in guest appearance, and none other than Kevin McKinney. He is the Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations, but we also know him as the uh, one half of the Dave and Kevin voice of the Cowboys. And uh, Kevin, are you there? 
I'm there. I'm here. I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yep, you're sounding very good all the way from uh, Laramie. Uh, thank you for uh, taking a couple minutes out of your busy schedule to talk with us. This is quite an honor. Oh, we're ha- happy to do it. Happy to do it. I know you guys are great Wyoming fans. Now, uh, as you know, uh, I guess you've seen it on your calendar. Uh, come this Saturday, uh, I guess we're going to start another football season. Uh, how's the um, how's the uh, uh, feelings there at the university? Are you guys ready for it? Oh yeah, you know we're excited every year, and, and we're uh, especially excited this year. This is a great opener uh, for us to, when you get a Southeastern Conference team in. That's uh, pretty special. Uh, we're excited about the, the team itself, and and. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing how the Cowboys play. Uh, what's the attendance expected to be? Well, you know what? It's uh, it's going to be really, really good. I don't know that we'll reach a sellout. Um, get, the walk-up dictate that, but we are going to have a great crowd. It'll look great. Uh, many sections are already sold out, so uh, it'll be like the upper wings on the west side. Uh, that still need to have some some sales, but it'll be a great crowd. I, I would say right now we're probably at 25 to 26, and depending on you know the uh, walk up on Saturday, which should be pretty good because the weather's so good, um, we're, we'll have a heck of a crowd. I just don't want to predict the sellout yet, but it'll be great. Well, with the stripe out, it should be uh, visually pleasing. Yeah, you know, we're really excited about that. I hope everybody gets into it, and uh, uh, it's something that we would really like to have as a tradition every year, you know, pick one game to be a stripe-out stripe game, and, and hopefully our fans are going to uh, get into it. I, I think they are. They're buying a lot of the T-shirts, and uh, so it should be a lot of fun. So... Uh... The big uh, elephant in the room, of course, is we're starting off with an SEC opponent, uh, and uh, that's got to be a big load for the team. But Coach Bull seems uh, pretty upbeat and confident. Well, I think uh, he is, and, and, and part of the reason, Jeff, uh, I thought the Cowboys had a, a really productive uh, ball camp. Uh, I, I watch practice every day, and... and uh, they have improved, um, especially in a couple of areas like the offensive line, and so I think uh, I think they're really excited. You know, uh, what do you look for in a big game? Well, you look not to turn the ball over. Uh, if they can avoid the turnover and some injuries, uh, they'll they'll uh, be very competitive. It's going to be tough. We know that uh, we saw Missouri last year and. and they recruit Southeast Conference guys, and, and uh, uh, so they're they, they, and they've got good players in every position, really. So you, you have to play well, and, and probably uh, uh, play as good as you will play all year in the first game. But I think the Cowboys are really excited about it, and uh, it'll be very competitive. Well, I tell you what, if uh, they can pull out a win, I, that'll be right up there in the annals of Wyoming history. That's for sure, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, one, one of the great wins. I, I, I always felt like um, beating Tennessee at, at Knoxville was a great one for Wyoming. You know, beating Old Miss up in, in uh, War Memorial Stadium was a heck of a win. Uh, and so they're, they're signature wins, actually, when, when you can – can uh, pull off an upset of uh, programs like this. I'll tell you this, too. I want to say I really appreciate the Missouris and the Oregons and the Nebraskas and the Texans for uh, seeing the contract through, not trying to buy out and not come up here. I really respect programs that do that. And and, uh, Missouri, we appreciate them coming. I think it's great for our fans to see programs like this and and we're looking very forward to it. Well, you've been uh, very fortunate. You have got uh, a lot of big-time programs, as you mentioned, come to War Memorial. Uh, how have you been able to do that? Well, you know, most of the time uh, it's been 
we go there twice and they come up here once. Uh, a lot of them will sign those kinds of contracts. But uh, right now it's, it's uh, you know, a situation where they're willing to go one for one, which um, I, I think they're looking for good opponents and they're willing to go on the road if you come to their place. And, and so uh, certainly Wyoming was an excellent opponent for them early in the year last year at home. And, uh, you know, they're returning the favor. But um, the, the contracts are half complicated and, and uh, you know, they're worked out years in advance. And, and so um, th this is uh, one of those contracts, you know, when we, uh, we looked at it, uh, Missouri wasn't quite as good as <laughs> And that happens. Uh, some of these are done uh, a lot of years in advance. Uh, and so this is one of those. But we certainly thought at least that uh, uh, this would be a, a maybe a little easier because Locke would be would be graduated by now. Uh, unfortunately, they got uh, <laughs> got themselves a pretty good transfer. They certainly did. Uh, I've heard talk. I've uh, heard Bowl talk about uh, uh, what's his name. Bryant uh, is his name, yeah. and uh, he's supposed to be excellent. So. Uh, he brings a challenge. Now, I also note, note that uh, there's been a schedule change in a future game. Uh, I guess Texas Tech is not coming in 2020. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Utah is coming uh, next year. But, you know, and this happens sometimes. Uh, uh, the, they call and, and, and say, you know, we, we need uh, to move a game for whatever reason it might be. And, and if you can find an opponent to replace them, then, you know, you go ahead and do it. Sometimes that can happen, but most of the times you can work it out. And, and you want to work with these programs so, uh, you know, down the road they'll, they'll appreciate what you did and, and, and want to schedule you in the future. So uh, there's no point irritating them by not, not working with them. So, so the, is the I heard the replacement was Louisiana, the Raging Cajun. Is that correct? So, Jeff, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it is Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, that's another low-level team coming to high altitude. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, here we are now with uh, you and uh, Dave are going to strike up the voice of the Cowboys again. Uh, what year does this make it for you? Well, I actually started with Dave in basketball before I did football. I, I was doing basketball when he came here. So, uh, but I think it's twenty some in football. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly. They well, go by, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, you've seen a lot of uh, cowboy sports, and uh, uh, I remember when I was a kid listening to Larry Beleffi. But uh, you and Dave have now since. Uh, in my mind's eye, I've uh, since replaced old Mr. Beleffi. Uh, uh, well, that's nice of you to say because I, I uh, got uh, worked with Larry for a lot of years. And, you know, he, I grew up with him too, Jeff. So <laughs> I, uh, I remember hearing Larry as, as a young guy. and uh, He was an icon and, and certainly a hero of both Dave and me. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's remarkable that you have Larry. I think he was 40 maybe uh, or, or in the early 40s uh, in terms of longevity and now you have Dave who's been doing it 38 years uh, You, I think Wyoming's very fortunate to have play-by-play -play guys who, uh, who have uh, hung in there for that long that's really, really amazing oh yeah, yeah it is well, uh, Kevin, I don't want to um, take up too much of your time here I want to um, uh, say again, thank you very, very much for coming to the round table, and hopefully we can have you back. Absolutely. I, um, you know, w w you let me know when, and, and uh, we'll make a plan, and I'm happy to be with you guys. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, Ian? Jim? Uh, we both, uh, all three of us say goodbye, and thank you again, Kevin. Okay, Jeff. Nice talking to you guys. Nice talking to you. 
Oh, guys, I'm sorry that you couldn't get in on that. I, he couldn't hear you. Good job, though. Good job with the questions and stuff. That was good. Well, Jeff. all right. Um, I enjoyed just sitting listening. <laughs> okay, <laughs> being a being an audience member, huh? Okay, gosh darn. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully Cody can hear you because he's going to come on. Yeah, I definitely to like to talk to Cody too. I definitely had some questions for. Mr. McKinney, but um, I was going to ask him what a good walk-up crowd is. I had that kind of interest. He's talked on the radio recently, and and what kind of what's a good walk-up crowd, so I can kind of estimate the crowds better. So, <laughs> are we on? Are we on right now, Jeff? This yeah. is good back and forth. You know, I and I was really surprised by that estimate of only twenty-five thousand, because you know I took some time and looked at their, ch- their seating chart, and. I'm not sure what the disconnect is between what yeah. we're seeing and what he's saying. I have a little bit of a theory. Um, first of all, they I noticed when we had that sellout against uh, Virginia, they had a very, not Virginia, one of the previous games, uh, when we had a sellout, they usually try to underestimate their, their expectation, kind of keep expectations down a little bit low. But you can kind of hear by the way they're talking that – I think there's hopeful that there could be a sell out there, but also I think when you go through the tickets, I don't know if you did this or not. There's two elements of the, the dots. The one is the season ticket dots. And then the other element is the single seat dots. Did you do, do that? Back no, and forth? I, I didn't. I was, uh, yeah. Cause there are counting, some st- looking at the dots. <laughs> yeah. Counting dots. Th- there's two, there's two sections you can go to. And I think uh, they still want to keep the season ticket dots there for people who want to do season tickets that makes they, they sense. want to keep available so i and when he's saying twenty six thousand, i'm thinking we can expect better than 26 to twenty seven thousand is what i'm thinking so yeah and there's there's a, a lot of missouri people that uh, didn't get tickets through um uh through their uh out uh, out uh, their outfit and so uh, there may be some walk-ups there, and then there may be some people, if the weather's good, might just uh, motor on, you know, especially Jeff, over. Uh, Missouri has a huge alumni base in Denver. Ah. I just randomly ran into a couple of Missouri alums, and the uh, discussion just happened to come up about the Missouri game, and I didn't know they were uh, had connections to Missouri. And both of them said, oh, absolutely, we already have our tickets uh, we have friends that we're meeting up there and we're on our way to Laramie. So I think there's going to be a real sizable uh, group of uh, fans from. Missouri. Yeah, I understand there's three, at least 3000 Missouri fans have bought tickets at this point. So I would say Jeff and I, and I'm thinking your estimate of 26 to 28 is to me more in line. So it's, it's going to be a great crowd. No I would what. agree with you on that one. And also the student section is a big part of it. You know, how are they going to show up? Cause they're definitely counted in the attendance and what kind of student section you can't really gauge them. A lot of times they're a little bit more unpredictable with how the students are going to show up. Now is the school in session yet? It's not in session. Uh, they don't check in the dorms until tomorrow. So I found that a little interesting. So they're, the first day they could check in the dorms is tomorrow. But I think it's, it appears the university is doing a lot of different aspects of trying to get them over to the stadium for the game and stuff. So, Well, well, I know when I was going to school, I couldn't get down to Laramie fast enough. So that first <laughs> day seemed to always be pretty busy checking in. Yeah, me too. I couldn't wait to get back to Laramie. <laughs> I, I hope our student section, most of them are that way too. Well, was... you know, one thing about our crowds, it's always a little bit deceiving because you see parts of those corners that aren't full. But then when you contrast that to the number of people that are standing behind the fence on the end zones, that if you put all those people back into the stands, it'd be interesting to see how much fuller the stadium would look. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of felt that too. I've always, I've kind of noticed that a little bit myself because I'm, like you, Jim, where I, I look around the stadium, I'm always trying to gauge gauge the stadium, the crowd, that sort of thing. And there seems to be a lot of people in the concourse, especially in the student side, in the concourse, and then a lot of people just around the stadium. Yeah, and the, don't they have that beer garden thing down there? I mean, that'll take some people out of the stands. I mean, you know, 
maybe not enough that you'd notice, but uh, there's well, a lot of circulation. You combine that with uh, a number of people that just stand behind the end zones for the entire game. I There's uh, several people that uh, are in my section that they check in for a little bit, then they're gone, and I don't see them again because they're standing in the end zone, and they have for years and years. That's where they watch the games at. Ah, well, to each their own. I mean, I remember playing football on the South Lawn (laughs) and not watching the games. So, you know, games are going on, and we're over there throwing a football in the South End Zone, under the you know, past the pine trees there. Uh, So, yeah. Well, that's what makes for all great memories that we all have uh, of attending those games there in Laramie. <laughs> well, uh, as as you know, Bull, uh, he talked about you know numerous things. Um, one of them was that the captains were elected, and um, uh, Chambers was selected along with uh, two Wyoming guys. Uh, I don't. I don't have the complete list here. Uh, Josh Harshman, Logan Wilson. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's hear what he had to say. Well, first of all, I think you, you noted um, we've got uh, a couple guys from Wyoming as team captains, and that says a lot. I don't know if that was always maybe um, Wyoming players were thought of in that light, but to have two guys, particularly from Natrona County, I think it's a great compliment to Coach Harshman in Natrona County to have – two guys from his school that are going to be captains and those guys are recognized and elected by their peers. <clears throat> also, I think it's unique to have a redshirt freshman quarterback, uh, you know, that has garnered that much respect. And, and a lot of that is earned, uh, even though he just started a couple games last year, he did start, but his whole makeup on how he's handled the off season and everything else, uh, people believe in him. And I think when you have a quarterback that's got that kind of leadership skills, people want to follow him. And also to have Austin Conway, um, you know, a skilled player that's been around a while, and Josiah Hall, we're really excited about those guys. And any time for me through the years when you've had good leadership, particularly at the captain position, you got a chance to be pretty good. And that's going to be important for those guys to lead this football team. And we feel very good about them. I feel personally very good about those guys. I think it's a good sign that uh, your starting quarterback and a red shirt uh, Sophomore or freshman? Uh, Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. Uh, it's been elected captain. That, that to me, is a really good sign. And to have him for four, hopefully for four years, I mean, to have a quarterback. But we, I think when we watched him on the field last year, you could see that that maturity for a, for a young quarterback. And I, that is a very good sign to have a guy that's going to be the fate potentially the face for this program for four years and to have the two Wyoming natives, uh, Harshman and Logan Wilson. I think that's also good to have that Wyoming element in that leadership because uh, coach bull brought up a great point. The, the Wyoming teams that have had really good success and went on to win a lot of football games really did have, have a very good leadership uh, element to them to get them to that point. You know, this brings up a question about chambers. Um, what do you guys think? If he had been the starter from the get-go uh, last year, do you think we'd had a better uh, better season? Well, clearly, the game against Utah State seemed like one that we may have been able to actually pull off a fairly big uh, game there uh, if he had started from the beginning. And then also... Wasn't it the Hawaii game all that? Uh, yes, you could have Hawaii. used a type of player like him there. So there's a couple wins there, possibly. Well, Hawaii came down to really Wyoming converting one to two plays, and you probably win that football game. It, it's hard for me to imagine if what I seen out of Sean Chambers, the Cowboys don't come out victory at Hawaii with him in the lineup, especially the way the defense played that game. They played really well that game. And, you know, to hold Hawaii to 17 points, we only scored 13 points. And so, yeah, Hawaii and uh, Utah State are two games for me personally that I, you know, Cowboys potentially could have been at eight wins if, if Chambers would have been inserted a little bit earlier. Also, the Hawaii game, Ryan, was the touchdown that we did have, wasn't it a defensive touchdown? Yeah, it was a Carl Granderson interception of about 55 yards, I believe. Right, so our offense then had two field goals. 
Yeah, the defense outscored the offense in that game seven to six for Wyoming. So uh, the defense did everything it could potentially to keep Wyoming in that game. It was just the the way the you know the, the offense, the passing game. I don't want to throw too much on the back quarterback at that point, but he just you know didn't have a great game of accuracy. There were some games uh, plays where the wide receiver was wide open and, and there was no conversion. So you, you got to feel that some of those plays have been probably made at that point. So that uh... just, just seeing him, I, he comes across a very mature player and I can see why he was elected captain. I think he just ex- exudes that type of confidence among his teammates. So that's not surprising at all. And that type of leadership, I think, will take the the team quite a ways this year. Well, I tell you what, let's. Uh, I talked to uh, Sean yesterday uh, after the press conference. Uh, let's listen. All right, we've got a special guest here on the Cowboy Roundtable, Sean Chambers, starting quarterback for the University of Wyoming. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing well. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine and uh, pretty excited. I hope you guys are excited for the start of the 2019 football season. Yeah. Now, uh, from last year, you know, you're recovering from an injury, and uh, but you had a pretty good uh, end of the season uh, in your uh, uh, freshman year, your redshirt freshman year. Uh, do you feel like you're ready to go now? Uh, you've got a, a lot of good characters uh, on your team there. You've got uh, good receivers and uh, a good line. Uh, uh, what uh, what has impressed you about this team so far as you're getting ready for the season? Now, uh, you've got a pretty big challenge to start the season with the uh, Missouri Tigers coming in. Uh, You didn't get a chance to play, I don't think, last year, but uh, now that you're uh, starting, uh, what do you think about the Tigers? Well, Sean, I want to thank you for uh, talking to us and I want to uh, wish you guys luck uh, in the upcoming season and uh, go out there and beat those Tigers. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. That was Sean Chambers, uh, starting quarterback for the University of Wyoming. Well, that was my conversation with the young man. He seems to be um, quite mature and uh, well-spoken. I was quite impressed. Well, um, yeah, I think what we've noticed uh, about him just in, in those four games, he's, you know, he seems to have the maturity. Now, we haven't seen him throw the ball a whole lot. Um, and uh, Vijan, offensive coordinator, he had mentioned recently, the Cowboys are going to plan on opening up the playbook quite a bit more this season because they're more, as we alluded to, or Jim alluded to earlier in the the show here that Wyoming's going to be more experienced on the offensive line. You're going to have senior laden wide receivers. The running back core looks good. Now you have more experience at the quarterback position and the quarterbacks understand the playbook better. Chambers understands the playbook so they can start spreading that playbook out and start running more plays. So we're not so vanilla. And I, I think we can expect us to open up the offense quite a bit more this year compared to last year. And that one year of maturity is going to help help Sean quite a bit. Yeah. But plus you really need to look at that tight end group that we have. Uh, Josh Harshman certainly is going to bring a lot of senior experience and having sat out last year, he probably had a chance to observe and, and, and get what uh, needs to be done. But I'm really very optimistic about the two backups to him as far as the size and physicality that they could bring. So We'll see if uh, that tight end group is uh, 
integrated into this offense a little bit more than we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm very excited about the tight end, the size of those tight ends. I mean, I, I've never seen Wyoming have two tight ends on the same roster that big. I mean, these guards are big, and I understand Jackson Marquette around 255 pounds runs really well for a tight end, so it's going to be really fun to see how those guys do. And we know that uh, Josh Harshman is, you know, you know, he's been in the program for a long time, and and according to what Bull and the staff said during fall camp, is they're expecting a, a pretty big year out of him. So um, he could be could end up being a pretty solid weapon at that tight end spot. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I uh, I see that uh, our next guest is uh, on the line, and uh, why don't we introduce him and get him in here? Uh, we have. Cody Tucker, who is uh, the producer, editor, and writer for 7220 Sports. Cody, are you there? Yeah. How's it going, fellas? Hi, Cody. How you doing? This is Ian. Doing great, Ian. Good to talk to you, man. Yeah, I, I missed you at Media Days, and, um, you know, you're over there doing a bunch of uh, interviews. You've been working really hard, I know, putting all those articles out, so I didn't get a chance to come over and talk with you, but I look forward to seeing you here in the near future. Absolutely. Saturday, I hope. Yes, on Saturday. And hey, Cody, James, it's, uh, Colorado Cody it's good to have you here and uh, on our show. And so look forward to seeing you at the tailgate on Saturday. Yeah, Jim, I appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity. We're all really excited to, to get some good grub going and have a good time and meet some people. Well, Cody, uh, Jeff here. Uh, I wanted to uh, introduce you kind of to our audience uh, you're a Wyoming native, but you've been out there uh, working as a working journalist around the country, and now you've decided to come back to Wyoming and cover the Cowboys. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been gone for 10 years. Um, I'm a Cheyenne native, and uh, it was really hard. Every Growing up, everybody would say, I can't wait to get the hell out of this town, and I'd say, good, I can't wait for you to get the hell out of this town, too, more for me. And uh, unfortunately, I'm the one who ends up leaving, but uh, uh, had some great experiences along the way, lived in Douglas for a long time, covered the Bearcats up there forever, and then ended up at uh, the Lansing State Journal where I covered Michigan State for two years, and then uh, John it over to Pittsburgh to cover the Penguins for a little bit, and I just, I saw guys doing this kind of work at Michigan State games, and, you know, my heart was always in Laramie. I'd be watching some of the biggest Michigan State games of the year, but I'd have the you know, the Wyoming game on my iPhone, watching the game, <laughs> paying more attention to that than the Michigan State game. So um, I just knew my heart was here. My family's here. I never wanted to leave. So it just seemed uh, like the right move to make. Well, you're doing an excellent job. Uh, I'm really impressed with uh, your articles. And uh, I guess you have a, you. Uh, you have a, an artist that does some uh, graphics for you. Yeah, um, a local uh, junior high teacher here. I, I saw him actually <laughs> smack talking some people on Twitter one night. And I said, "Wow, that guy's from Cheyenne, and he's pretty talented." So uh, we try to hire uh, talent. We try to hire talented uh, people from Wyoming to keep people in the state because you know that's how our story started. We had to leave the state, so we're trying to put any Wyoming people we can to work and uh, trying to find the most talented ones. Yeah, oh. Cody. Uh, yeah, I had a couple questions for you. Um, yeah. Maybe getting into the football uh, team a little bit. How much have you been able to uh, go to? I know you were at media days. How many of the fall camp practices have you been able to attend and kind of watch the football team? Just kind of get an idea what the overview, what you think the the, the team's at at this point. Yeah, so I I probably made it over to five or so. I it's it's one of those things where you know you only get to see a half hour or so. Uh, you don't get to see a whole lot of uh, organized 11 on 11 by any means. It's a lot of, a lot of stretching and a lot of uh, individual drills. So I can't say that I've really seen a whole lot of what the team's got going and what they could do. Uh, obviously the one thing I paid attention to in the time I did have there was Sean Chambers and the, and the way he was throwing the football. And I tell you what, him and uh, Vanderwall looked really good throwing the football. And uh, you know, the, obviously that's one of the biggest questions coming in is can Chambers throw it around the yard a little bit and, and everybody says yes, and I got to see it a little bit, but of course that's not against live bullets. So, uh, you know, that's yet to be seen. Well, yeah, and uh, he, he starts with Missouri for goodness sake, so I guess he's going to get a lot of bullets. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, and, and the thing that really blew me away, guys, that I that I uh, heard at Mountain West Media Days in Vegas was 
Uh, Sean Chambers came in last year against Utah State knowing five plays or less of the offensive playbook. And and that just blew my mind. And and, and uh, Bull told Coach Vegan that, hey, if he doesn't know five, knock it down to four. If he doesn't know four, knock it down to three. And obviously we saw what that the play calling was like. It was uh, Sean Chambers up the middle, Sean Chambers left, Sean Chambers right. And uh, it eventually got him hurt. So uh, definitely he feels confident with the playbook now. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, and obviously that young offensive line has got to stand strong. Yeah, that's a silver lining for me, uh, for sure, is that we had so much struggles on offense. Now we can, we literally know that it's a lot of it had to do with the playbook being so limited. So that to me is kind of maybe one of the reasons I'm really optimistic about more, more optimistic, I should say, about this offense this year. Yeah. And, you know, we saw a very small sample size, obviously, at Colorado State last year. But I mean, if you think about it, that's a true freshman that went on the road to the biggest rivals. I, in the night game on national TV and made it look really easy. And he, he made some really nice throws. His, his little drop touchdown pass to Nico Evans was a, was a beautiful throw. One that Josh Allen maybe couldn't even have made at times. And uh, the throw to Tyree Mayfield on the, on the run. I think that showed little glimpses of what he could do. And if you think about it, guys, he only knew what 10 plays by that point, uh, you know, maybe. <laughs> so uh, he's got it in there, I think. Hey, uh, Cody, I was wondering about your comment about the pass to Tyree Mayfield last year. How do you see this tight end group uh, working with him this year? Boy, uh, I tell you what, Jim, (laughs) there's some big guys, that's for sure. A couple of six, seven guys, and, of course, Harshman coming back. Um, And I don't think we've seen what Harshman can really do. He's been injured a lot. Um, I believe he's only played in 22 games in his college career. So, um, those guys need to step up. And, and the one thing I asked Coach Bull at, at Mountain West Media Days was, how important is it for these receivers to step up? And the first thing he said was, uh, you mean you know, you know mean the tight ends? Uh, we need them to step up big time. And, and they do. Um, that's You think about it, that's a great outlet for a young quarterback, especially with a line that we don't know, is to have a big-bodied six, seven tight end ready to catch a ball and go upfield. And these guys are athletic, so – I would, I for one, would be really excited to see the tight end uh, brought into this offense 100 percent more. I mean, the fact that both tight ends last year were on NFL rosters, uh, yet I don't feel like we even saw scratched the surface of their potential. Um, I think maybe the coaching staff starting to see that. Well, let's hope that we're spraying that tight end group on this Missouri team. Uh, they, they, as big as they are, they might actually be our hidden secret. Yeah, and honestly, that's Missouri's biggest weapon, too, is their big tight end. The kid, I, I won't even dream of trying to pronounce his name. I know his name's Albert, but uh, <laughs> the kid uh, the kid can catch the ball, and he's a huge body, and, and he's their best weapon. So, you know, I think Wyoming would – it would serve Wyoming well to start finding their best weapon uh, at tight end as well. You know what? I was looking at his stats from last year, Cody, at the Missouri game, and mm-hmm. he had seven receptions – but he had a total of a measly 60 yards. And, <laughs> yeah. and their, their big guy was Emmanuel Hall, the senior, yep. at 171 yep. yards, and he's gone. So, yep. um, you know, you look at the box score of that game last year, and it's a little bit deceiving because you look at their, their big-time running back, uh, Larry Roundtree. He had yep. a total of 10 carries for 34 yards. Of course, you know, they were running players in and out, but uh, it's just as kind of an interesting box score if you sit there and analyze it. Yeah, but honestly, Jim, the, you know, that Albert Cat only had, you know, that many catches, but what he did was the killer stat of them all was 14 for 20 on third down conversions. That just killed the Cowboys last year at Missouri. They couldn't get off the field, and then the Cowboys – connect on what three of 14 third downs themselves so the defense was on the field way too much um emmanuel hall watching a lot of that game film from last year you know things could have been different with antonio hall got burned in the end zone but he mistimed his jump and if he could have knocked that one down you know maybe that's still a game maybe they put some juice into things uh you know every time you watch those games it's hindsight but uh the, the third down conversion rate absolutely killed Wyoming and absolutely made – just pumped Missouri up and got Locke and company going. Well, you, you just can't uh, underestimate what Drew Locke did there last year, 33 for 45 and almost 400 yards passing. That's, that's just yeah. an incredible day for him. And his feet, too. I'd love to see half of that production in Denver this year. <laughs> 
<laughs> I tell you, so um, obviously you're going to the game. Uh, what? Uh, what? Do, how do you? Uh, I guess I'm trying to form a question here. So just give me a second here. Uh, yeah. What is your strategy for uh, covering Wyoming sports on game day? We've seen a lot of your um, uh, player profiles and stuff, but now uh, are you going to do actual game uh, story or uh, are you going to do interviews or what? Well, I wish I was. uh, It's going to be really weird for me to not have a Coors original attached to my fingertips at 24-7 on Saturday and screaming and raising hell in the the, uh, section, but – you know, I am going to be covering the game. Uh, I'm going to, that's what I'm excited to do because you can do this stuff in the summer. You can do this stuff in the off season until you're blue in the face. Now you kind of, you know, finally get to show that you can cover some games. And, you know, I covered Michigan state for two years and obviously that's big time, big 10 football. And I'm going to take a lot of what we did in Michigan state and roll it into Wyoming, which we would do four or five, six stories after a game. And, um, that's kind of, I would do four on my own half the time. And I was kind of the second beat writer for, for state, but, um, we're really going to hit it hard. We're going to hit it from all angles. I'm going to have a uh, photographer on the field. Who's going to do a feature story as well. Something that he can see on the field that we can't see in the press box. So, uh, you know, maybe something, maybe coach bowl goes ballistic and breaks his headset on somebody's head. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we don't see in the press box. So we <laughs> want to see that. We want to see some cool stories like that. And of course, Austin Carter Samuels is on the, uh, opposing bench as well. So that's, that's, that's a good story there, but, uh, yeah, we're going to hammer down, man. I'm going to have about a three person team there and, uh, we've already got some stuff in the works and basically every week for during game week, I'm planning on about 25 stories a week. Well, now you're, uh, you're doing a full media, uh, breakdown with 7220. Uh, you've got a website. Uh, I see that you, uh, started a podcast. Uh, you've got your articles coming out. Uh, uh, anything else? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, got, got a few irons in the fire. Would like to start doing more radio stuff. Um, so we're going to, we're going to get some stuff going. I just, uh, right now, I think we're just so focused on the season and fi- actually finally having some games and, and of course, football mesh, you know, as I knows, football meshes right into basketball and this year more than ever. So, um, it's, uh, it's going to be a busy time of year and, and I'm kind of a one man show right now when it comes to writing, I, you know, that's something I would love to, uh, to fix in the future is get some other voices in there for the fans to hear as well. And, you know, you know, we're doing good if we uh, start getting two, three writers. So that's, that's the ultimate goal. Well, if you're not too busy, we'd like to have you on uh, uh, every now and then on uh, the round table. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I appreciate you guys even having me tonight. Well, we were, uh, uh, you've gotten a lot of good comments in the uh, uh, GoIO board uh, about your articles and uh, you're uh, really covering the Cowboys. Well, we've been, um, uh, we've been fortunate to have a couple of good writers at the Casper Star Tribune every now and then, but Wyoming uh, fans are really starved for good information about their teams. Yeah, and see, uh, I, I've my dream job, no kidding, fellas. I've always my dream job has always been to cover the Wyoming Cowboys. That's what I've always wanted to do. I didn't miss a game in Laramie for like 27 years straight, and uh, you know what it takes to get to Laramie. So uh, went through some very hairy situations and. Uh, you know, I, that was my ultimate goal. My first job move I ever did was go to the Northern Wyoming Daily News in Warland because I heard Robert Gagliardi's first move was Warland, and I wanted to follow in those steps so to eventually get a job. And it just never came to fruition where I got a job at a local newspaper, so I had to hire myself. So I'll, I'll take that. All right. Well, Cody, uh, I want to thank you for uh, giving us some of your time. And, uh, again, we look forward to having you. Um, uh we're going to ask Jim to do a halftime uh, report um, from the stadium uh, this first game. And so uh, maybe, Jim, if you can catch up with Cody, uh, that would be good as well. well. Sure, I can compare notes and see if I'm on the same track. <laughs> me too, Jim. I might, I might need you to help me out. So we'll see you, man. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Cody, for uh, joining us Thanks, here Jeff. at the Cowboy Roundtable. And uh, – Let's uh, hope we see you again. Yeah, thanks, Jeff, Jim, Ryan. Good to see you guys. Good to talk to you. I I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. We're having a big tailgate, uh, obviously, with Jim. Hope to uh, see you guys out there. 
thank you, Cody. Uh, keep the good work up, and I look forward to stopping by Jim's uh, Colorado and Cowboys event or your event too, and uh, meeting with you. Okay. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you do great work too, and I appreciate you, man. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, Cody. Thanks, we'll talk Cody. to you later. Thanks, guys. Great. Have a great night. All right. That was Cody Tucker, who is the publisher, owner, and main writer for 7220 Sports, which is an exclusive Wyoming uh, sports uh, coverage. And uh, we're very happy that he could join us. I tell you, uh, with all these modern things like podcasts and YouTube and all this, we're getting quite sophisticated here in the state of Wyoming, aren't we? Oh, we're in such great shape. I remember when I left uh, college and moved, had to move to Denver for job purposes or Fort Collins at first. But I was thinking, how am I going to be able to follow the Cowboys once I leave Laramie? And that was my big thing. That's when we got the Go Wild Go board going in early, late 1990s, I guess it was, early 2000s. You were part of that, Jeff. So we're very lucky to have all these different um, elements to be able to catch up on the Cowboys, even though you're out and out on the East Coast, you you feel like you're in Laramie half the time. I'm sure of it. Oh, I tell you, when I'm, uh, I might be uh, the the studios, the Cowboy Round Table Studios are out here in Virginia, but uh, I consider this a little sovereign territory for Wyoming. Well, that's the big thing is just the coverage that we have now. I remember when I graduated from uh, the university that I subscribed to the the Boomerang. And of course, the boomerang would always be, you know, three or four days later. And so I was catching old news and and often it wouldn't even show up. So I was really out there in, in the desert in Thermopolis, Wyoming, of all places, and <laughs> couldn't find out anything about what was going on with the Cowboys. And now look the type of uh, availability we have for information. Well, I was stationed in Germany and my mother got me a subscription to the Casper Star Tribune. So I was actually about two and a half weeks behind the scenes and trying to catch up. So <laughs> I was uh, I was reading about games that they had played a couple of weeks before. So that was uh, that was an interesting time. Well, I know uh, last year one of the away games I was sitting on a beach down in Mexico watching the Wyoming game on my cell phone. Uh, and just think of something like that having happened 20 years ago would have been just a dream to even think that something like that could happen. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, this has just been an amazing thing. Uh, uh, we're going to expand onto Facebook with uh, uh, our stuff with uh, Jackalope Ridge, uh, my little uh, production company. And uh, we're going to also, uh, I haven't done Twitter yet. I'm kind of, I kind of hate Twitter. And that's because of uh, all these jerky ass politicians that use it and stuff. So maybe I'm, I'm uh, limiting myself, but uh, we're going to try to get a, a, a website up. And uh, I'm really impressed with Cody. He's, uh, I've been at this for about two years and, I'm a retired guy and just kind of poking along and he's really putting it together. So, uh, that is, uh, I am really impressed with that. Yeah. He's done some great interviews. I think anytime somebody does an interview with Dana Demmel, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that, you know, cause I, I remember that Demmel era, then be able to talk to Fennis Dembo. So there was, um, a lot, you know, a lot of great players he actually sat back and talked to, but uh, they're, they're all good, very interesting interviews. And it seems like that's been been an element that's been kind of missing from the Wyoming uh, media for for a while. So uh, I think uh, I think we're with him. We got some good things ahead. Uh, a lot of good reading ahead. And the thing he does, Ian and Jeff, is he asks people questions and finds those people that we all sit and wonder. Why did ACS leave? You know, what was the reasoning for Brett Smith, you know, not filling out his senior year? I mean, things that we as fans have posted on your site. And uh, there he is. He has answers that we've been thinking about for years. Yeah, especially the ACS thing. I mean, there was just all kinds of crazy things being said about that. Uh, you know, um, uh, he... Um, 
uh, well, the whole the whole team was really deteriorating. Uh, I I think uh, Dave Christensen kind of had a little bit of a meltdown there, and uh, 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 things weren't going well with the team members, and uh, so you know. But that's the thing that we we're looking from the outside in. We just don't know. Yeah, a lot of those things are going to be kept. Under, you know, underground as much as possible. They don't want, want to get a lot of those things coming out with certain players. But I think as a fan, all three of us have been around Wyoming football, following it in Wyoming basketball for a long time. And you start getting a sense sometimes of kind of where things are heading with with uh, certain coaching staffs and players and those type of things. And, you know, Coach Bowles in the sixth year, and I, you know, I don't, get any sense that this thing's heading heading the wrong direction or is stagnated i you just you feel that there is you know he's moving forward and this thing's going to continue to move forward yeah he uh well i mean if you look at it a lot of people are saying he's not done anything well he's already gotten the cowboys into the uh conference championship game once you know and uh none of the previous x number of guys all the the way going back to roach got us even close um, yeah, I'm amazed that the, the some of the fans have forgotten uh, where we were at that point, and for him to get us into a Mountain West Con- Conference championship game, and literally came down to a couple plays of winning the whole thing. So, for us to be in a rebuilding mode at that time, come up with a couple big victories. I mean that that to me is a example and indication that you know things are moving moving in the right way and you are going to have ebbs and flows and ups and downs during during a process and we know we've certainly had a few of those but you know you got to i just think at wyoming you got to stick through the through the process and if you do see positives you do see good momentum in certain areas you got to stick with it and keep moving forward with it well Well, uh, you know we're also seeing that we have some foundation now that we're getting depth in positions and that now we're starting to get to the point where we're actually building on depth, that we have players behind other players that can come in and, and fill in. And, you know, all programs have uh, these type of transitions and transfers and attrition. But uh, I just think that Coach Bull has put together the type of players that w- can come in and fill in and take uh, positions that are are coming open that we didn't have a few years ago. And I just remember uh, what was it one year that it was almost like there was a cry by coach Christensen is that we needed some defensive players. And I remember thinking what in God's world is that we don't have enough defensive players on a, on a D one college football team. And, And I don't sense that anymore. Well, I'll tell you a statistic. I was reviewing the roster and I've never, I tell you what, I've never seen this Wyoming. I really get down on the rosters every year is I think we have about 15 defensive linemen on scholarship right now, which is a pretty good number. If you go back and compare it to some of the previous tenures, I believe about 13 of those players are got multiple years left in the program so you can see the depth being built in the defensive line and then when you go over to the other side of the ball we have no seniors on that offensive line and the other part that hits me is majority of those players are in the freshman and sophomore classes so you're starting to see the potential depth really being built up in the future in two very important areas of a football team that usually leads to great success because when you have if you're solid in the trenches on both sides of the ball, you're going to put yourself in a pretty good position to be a pretty good football program. Yeah, well, especially on the offensive line, we have those two players, Watts and uh, the other uh, young man that uh, Gavin got Rush. hurt. Yeah, Gavin Rush. So with Watts and Rush, you have uh, uh, players that will be back next year that have a lot of experience, and uh, it's just going to fortify that offensive line. We're going to have a heck of an f- offensive line for the next few years coming up. And, you know, a young quarterback. And I think our defensive line is going to continue to improve uh, going forward, too, because of the youth we, we have on that line. But I, I just think both sides of the ball are just heading. But you're right about the offensive line because that's such a big part of what Bowles trying to do, establishing the run. So we're really right now is kind of looking at a, a – for a sophomore freshman group of players, they do have a lot of playing experience already for being at their age group in the program. And I think that's another another thing that's really good. So when they're into their upper class, we're gonna have a very experienced group uh, next year, I think. 
So uh, that brings me up uh, to uh, a thought. Uh, we're coming into the season, and uh, uh, I asked you guys to think about what you think the Cowboys are going to do this year. And so I thought, uh, I thought, Jim, why don't you? Uh, what are your thoughts about that? What do you th- think? What kind of season they're going to have? Well, I looked at the schedule, and it's going to go back to the slogan for Missouri is show me. Um, I hate to put everything on this Missouri game, but I think it's going to be indicative of the type of season that we have. However, it's only the first game, but I kind of went through the schedule and I came up with three scenarios. If we were to pull off a win against Missouri, I see us potentially being a 10 win team. Uh, if we could beat Missouri, would be hard-pressed that we would lose to anybody else, but there probably would be a couple losses in there to maybe Boise State or Utah State, especially since they're on the road. And then I took the second scenario is that if we play well against Missouri and it's a good game and, and we take them into the fourth quarter and it's just one of those games where a play here or a play there, we you know potentially could have won the game, but we play hard. Uh, the offensive line does well. Uh, Sean Chambers shows us the type of quarterback that we think he'll be. Then I could see where we could go eight and four. But then if we get just blown out by Missouri, then I'm looking at maybe we could look at a six and six season with, uh, to me, the swing game then becomes Air Force. I mean, is Air Force improved uh, where they could beat us down there in um, Colorado Springs where we could maybe then go seven and five instead of six and six. But then, you know, you always look at the second game is how did we improve from the Missouri game to the Texas state game? And, you know, Texas state is not a very good team. And so Jeff, you might actually go on the road this year and see a game that they win. (laughs) So, uh, so uh, anyway, that's the three scenarios that I've come up with. Uh, a lot of it depends on how the Missouri game goes and how I view the season. But regardless, I see a seven or eight win season for the Cowboys. Ian? Well, I always like to do ranges because um, I think there's swing games, uh, those type of things. I, you know, I always believe that there's going to be an upset or two in the season that maybe fans aren't expecting and maybe – Hopefully we don't drop any games you're not supposed to. So I'm looking at the six to eight win range, but I also think if somehow something big happens or the team really gains some momentum, you know, we can certainly push to 10 wins this year. But I, the, the key part of that schedule, I think the early part of the schedule should help Wyoming out this year because, and gain some momentum. Missouri's obviously going to be a tough game, but I really think uh, Texas State, Idaho, Tulsa, UNLV are all – really games that the Cowboys can win. The Tulsa game is going to be a little bit tricky. That's a tough place to play sometimes. So that's when I'll be watching, but I don't think the Cowboys are any worse than two and one, hopefully three and oh after the first three games, but the, the conference schedule, I mean, October San Diego state, that's going to obviously be a challenging game in San Diego. But when you come back, New Mexico and Nevada are games the Cowboys I really like their chances of winning obviously we're just projecting this into the future where they're at right now the Boise Utah the month of November is going to be the tough month because I think you got the two rival games and and Boise State and Utah State on the road but when you're looking at the schedule I think there's a chance to really build some momentum uh, with some victories and get some confidence and if the Cowboys can get into November with a fairly decent record I think they're going to have a lot to play for in those last last four games. So um, it's going to be interesting, but I I think if this team could have a really solid year at a minimum, go to a bowl game, win some, some big games, I think going into next year, you've got a lot of, uh, a lot of players coming back that are very, very good players. that are going to get better. So, you know, going into November, they could um, easily be six and two. And I agree. That would be maybe with losses at, with Missouri and San Diego state and, the momentum would be obviously at that point we're bowl eligible. And so it takes some of the pressure off, but uh, um, those first two games will be difficult, but there's no reason that those last two games we, we can't win uh, beat CSU again, and then go down to air force and finish the season really on a high note. Yeah. I, I this team, uh, 
uh, I think has a potential of eight wins. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's a solid thing. I think six wins would be a disaster, kind of. I mean, uh, if uh, he went six and six, I think people will start grumbling a little bit about Bowl, even though I think he's uh, solidly in his seat, and uh, I don't think uh, there's any chance that he's going to be going anywhere. But um, obviously, uh, we don't want anything less than six wins. Uh, well, we want uh, uh, more than six wins, but I think six wins is kind of a, uh, a cracking point. Um so I think I think you guys are right. You guys analyzed it pretty well. I think uh, I'm going to say that they're, they're going to hit somewhere in the seven to eight, maybe even more. Uh, but I think seven and eight is my is kind of my expectation. So, yeah, I think Bowles cautiously optimistic. Um, he's not going to come out and say something, but you kind of get a sense from him that it, because of the quarterback position, so much more solidified this year that there's a chance this team can be really good. But I'm with you, Jeff. I don't want to see a worst case scenario. I don't want to see any less than seven wins this year, especially with, with the schedule this year. I think the Cowboys need to at least get seven wins this year and hopefully they can do a little bit better. So they get seven wins and get into a bowl and win their bowl. That'd be eight wins. That's what I'm looking at the very minimum uh, requirement for this season. Yeah, I think it's doable. Um, Yeah. I, I I catch, um, I catch bowls attitude. I really do get a sense that he's upbeat. Um, he seems to, uh, you know, when you know that, when you know that you kind of, you can kind of tell when he doesn't think things are going to go well for the next game. He's never really down, but he's never, you know, there's kind of a subtlety there that he has. And uh, he's really, for him, he's really upbeat. So, oh. Yeah, uh, you're putting your psychologist hat on. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm like putting my, Jeff. I got my psychologist hat on yeah. there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it just seems the way. I mean, he's a straight shooting guy, but he um, he has a way about himself. He can send signals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, we've all been around the block watching Wyoming football for a long time, and I think we can pit, pick up on the sub, subtleties of coaches and stuff sometimes, and how their reaction is, and how they approach games, and when they're upbeat. So I think we I think we can be pretty accurate in picking up on those subtleties. Gentlemen, we've been at this more than an hour. You know, and uh, you know me, I'm an old man. I'm out here on the East Coast. It's getting close to my bedtime, you know. But you know what I have to do here? Um, you know what I always do when it, uh, it closes the show? I go over here and reach over in the refrigerator and I pull out a cool one. And uh, let's see if we can get this open here. Ah, there we go. Ah, yes. That's really good. All right. So, gentlemen, that's been our first for 2019 Cowboy Roundtable. I want to thank you for uh, being here, uh, Jim. Uh, I know that uh, you won't be able to come on for a couple of weeks, but we hope to see you later on in the season. Well, I look forward to that, Jeff. I... uh really looking forward to a great game here on uh, Saturday and uh, a great tailgate. So, Ian, I hope to see you there and uh, and we can uh, share a beer. Yeah, you're definitely going to see me on uh, Saturday. I, I plan on stopping by the tailgate and I'll get in there a little earlier so I don't miss it like last time. So I look forward to seeing you, Jim. And, and of course, Jeff, I look forward to talking with you in the future. Well, uh, nobody's going to Texas State, so I guess I'm just going to have to represent, I guess. So. Yeah, I decided to opt out on that one at the last second, but um, I'm, I plan on going to San Diego and Air Force and some of these uh, road games. You know, I just uh, I didn't realize that Bob Stitt was the offensive coordinator at Texas State. Oh, really? Wasn't he at uh, Mines? He was at Mines, and then he was the head coach at Montana, and he actually had a winning record up there at Montana. And, uh, uh, you know, he had the big win starting his uh, his coaching against North Dakota State. But he had a, a winning record, but uh, apparently he had a couple losses to Montana State, and that didn't fare well up there. Well, well that's a good find, Jim, because uh, he was a guy I know some people threw his name around when we had let Christensen go and before we fired Bull, some people were very interested in him as a coach. So, All right. Well, guys, 
I'm going to shut this thing down, and uh, here we go. Well, there you have it. The first edition of the 2019 Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. We've been joined by Ian McMacken and Jim Anest. And also we had guest appearances by Kevin McKinney. And we want to thank Cody Tucker for showing up from 7220 Sports. And uh, we may not be back next week if I'm going to, I'm going down to Texas State. But if not, we'll be back in two weeks. So let's wrap this thing up. The Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.